Hello and welcome to the Foreign Influence Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Nikolai. And I am uh, working to clear my throat <clears throat> here this morning. Uh, well, you have freedom of speech, so go right ahead, Yes! Sir. I can clear my throat freely. <laughs> I do find it offensive, but hey, yeah. nothing I can do. You're you're on you're hiding in a podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's, where, exactly. that's where all the crazies are hiding now. That's what I hear. Oh, and, and what in the world are we talking about? Well, obviously, uh, the in the United States, things continue to careen out of control. Uh, but we want to focus on one particular way things are careening out of control because it interests us, and that is freedom of speech and deplatforming. Um, yeah, you guys are really upset about that. Yeah. I, explain that to me. Why are you upset? Well, the the new word, I think this is a new word or not, deplatforming, uh, is basically huh. refusing services, chasing down anyone uh, whom you disagree with and eliminating their means to speak out on the internet. Anyone you disagree with? If you're not careful. And that's right. So that's, that's what's point. going on. Who is who is who are all these people that are that other people disagree with who are being deplatformed? Right. So we're starting with the insurrectionists, right? And oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. And so the white nationalists. So and the neo. So we're talking about okay. So closing Twitter accounts of neo Nazis and presidents. That's what we're talking about. Because I can get on board with that. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure what the objection is here. All right. Well, let's have the specific um, examples. President Trump thrown off of just about every social media platform, including his favorite of Twitter. So what's wrong with that? And then everybody went to a different social media app like Twitter called Parler. And then everybody? Well, those people. Which people? Well, the insurrectionists and the white How nationalists many of them? and the neo-Nazis. How many of them? I don't know. Enough. Huh. Wow, it's a, it sounds like you guys have really been thinking this through. <laughs> it's, it's really, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very carefully quantified problem. I have yeah, got I this policy that. nailed down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you just get your, you all get your panties up in a bunch because you like freedom so much. Oh, we do. Um, but I think the, 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 the main thing was Trump, right? Trump, like somehow, somehow people are really upset for Twitter and Facebook, uh, closing his accounts after inciting the insurrection. Yeah. And I don't see why, because he, I, I don't see how that is stifling his free speech, especially since he's the president of the United States of America. So it's not like he doesn't have the ability to throw a press conference in the middle of the night and have like all the journalists show up uh, or just, you know, talk to world leaders or, you know, demand airtime, presumably. Uh, I assume he can do that. Um, so I don't know. I don't see how that interferes with his freedom of speech. Right. Um, and also, he still has to POTUS account, I think. No, no, and they I think closed that one down when he tried to incite people further on that one. No, they just deleted a couple of tweets. Oh, really? Uh, okay. it's, it's still operational. And I think his wife still has a Twitter account and all of his family members. Right. And most of his supporters. So I'm not entirely sure how this is uh, stifling anyone's free speech, but, but I'm willing to learn, Bill, so please, <laughs> please explain it to me. Well, and, you know, he posted a video that got onto Twitter, and I retweeted right. and commented on that. So right. he's, he's still doing just fine. And yes, absolutely, he, he has the entire world's media waiting to broadcast his words uh, and would almost certainly broadcast his words, all of them, yeah, because he's good so. television. Yeah, he is good television, but he also incited an insurrection. So I can sort of understand why probably like the more 
I don't think all of these all of these platforms, uh, so Twitter and Facebook, right, specifically, because uh, those are the ones that we're talking about. Uh, I think YouTube as well. Um, Oh, okay, YouTube. Yeah. So I think they closed down his accounts because they don't want to be accountable in any way for future violence. That's the way, at least that's my interpretation, which strikes me as pretty reasonable. I don't think, so they think that, um, you know, this whole storming of the Capitol was somehow incited using their platforms. And they're like, well, we don't like that. So we're gonna do the thing that we can do to try and prevent a future armed uprising that overthrows our um, free democratic republic. Um, so I don't know if that's, you know, but hey, it strikes me as perfectly reasonable. So I'm not sure what the... But many of these the services have spent decades now to posing mm -hmm. as bastions of free speech, right? So then, especially Twitter. So you then come along and you suppress lawful speech right um is insurrection unlawful um, speech don't know no not really no but no but that's that's really uh, a very u.s centric way of looking at it like nobody outside of the u.s feels that way i think that's very so i think so i'm trying to understand your perception of freedom of speech right because there's a bunch of uh, tech vcs very influential people in um the west coast tech scene who feel very strongly that uh, Twitter, you know, is on a sliding slope and they're going to take away our freedoms, you know, <laughs> and uh, they cannot take away our individual liberty of expression. But that's very, that's a very US centric point of view, which I have a very hard time identifying with. And I think it's because you value the right of individual self-expression um, so highly, I mean, too highly, mm. I, would, I would argue as a European. Um, and you think it is somehow completely it's something that cannot be touched, right? Even uh, so, if I understand correctly, it is your it is your your fundamental right, right? To not it's it's not even possible to to install laws that interfere with your freedom of speech, right? Could you run it by me? What's the? Oh no no no! There's a long history of 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 uh, time, manner, and place is kind of the legal term of art. So you can mm -hmm. set restraints around time, manner, and place of speech. So, for example, I can't go across to my neighbor's yard, stand on the sidewalk, publicly funded sidewalk, with a bullhorn and shout obscenities at him all day long, oh, right? Oh, oh, you can or you cannot? I cannot do that. Because that's oh, because you live in a fascist state <laughs> in, 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 a, in a repressive regime. Yeah. Why? Well, why, Bill? Exactly. This is horrible. Exactly. You should come... I'm glad you're coming to my point of view. <laughs> wow. Had I only known. Because <laughs> that's what freedom's really all about, right? You and your bullhorn. Yes, and vulgarities <laughs> in a public space. <laughs> right. Okay. So you're not allowed to just randomly... So is, is it because you're not allowed to cause a nuisance or how does that work? Yeah, probably something in that. I don't know what the, what the actual law breaking would be. Right, um, but we absolutely. But that's commonly do. understood to be not okay. That's commonly accepted as not as not interfering with your fundamental freedom of speech. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Right. So why is it then not universally accepted that the person inciting armed resurrection should not have a Twitter account? What's because that strikes me as a much smaller infraction of fundamental freedom of speech than the fact that you're not allowed to scream obscenities. So you come in, in here with this left wing wacko 
perspective. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I haven't been to the Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it's like, Bill. <laughs> I don't know what the incentives are. <laughs> I don't know what your neighbor looks like. Gosh, maybe he's a really nice guy. No, but I mean, like, yeah, that's weird to me. That is really weird to me. Yeah, that is weird to me. Well, but so, okay, let's bracket insurrection, right? Let's let's talk about who we're really talking about. It's the right wingers okay. that supported the insurrection that are basically being restricted and tossed okay. off of Twitter. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And, and so many of them, as I said, fled to Parler, right? But then Parler, which said, yeah, come here. Let's, let's have this kind of speech. They were kicked off by Amazon World, uh, sorry, web service, Amazon web service, mm -hmm. which was their server. And so yeah. Parler went down. I don't know if they found a new server. I don't know if they're back. No, up. they haven't. They haven't. So, yes, I've, we should. Have you been on Parler? Hmm? Have you been on Parler? Once or twice. Have you used it? Yeah. So, a <laughs> great loss to the nation, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I mean, uh, I got bored I mean, real fast. I, I, I just. I mean, come on. So, okay. So, AWS doesn't want to host Parler. Hmm. If only they had competitors. Um, right. so, so, Stripe doesn't want to process uh payments for uh trump's fundraising hmm, if only stripe had competitors hmm. or if only uh, he could ask people to s send in checks or something or take cash payments somehow right or bitcoin hmm, if only there was a decentralized <laughs> digital uh currency <laughs> maybe maybe someone should invent it like come on <laughs> so how far do you think this should go though that what if it got all the way down to the internet service providers Right. So for me here, it's know. a company called Xfinity. What if Xfinity said, we don't want to do business with you. We are shutting down your connection to the internet. I don't know. I think, um, and there's yeah, no competition. Well, there's, so then I suppose I question, get on but, but, my local cellular carrier and they say, we don't want to do business with you. I, I just, I wonder at what point you can cut people off from communications. Do corporations so that have would, that right just keep going until you're completely cut off. I guess so, but I guess that's a matter of law, right? I'm not sure. I think someone should probably look into it. I'm I'm I just think that the person uh, who incited armed resurrection against uh, your government is probably not a very good case. You know, like <laughs> like I like okay, so let's talk specifically about parlor, right? You mentioned parlor. Yeah. I, I I can get even beyond the the, the fact that you know there were openly there were people were openly discussing uh committing violent acts against government officials yeah. on parlor openly i've been on parlor for for a while now and they were openly saying we should kill this person we should kill that person we should shoot them we should kill their family i can understand that aws says to parlor listen you host that kind of content i don't want you on my servers yeah and, th and then it is up to Parler to go, okay, we'll take care of the content. We'll remove the content, right? And if Parler doesn't want to do that, then it is AWS's right, I think, as a, you know, within the, within the context of free enterprise, to not host any uh, company that provides that kind of content to its users. I don't think that's any kind of violation of fundamental freedom or rights or anything. Um, I, I, I think that the snowball reaction we're seeing um, more specifically to Trump, right? It's not so much uh, to Parler, but to Trump. Uh, 
how there's a whole, a whole digital ecosystem which is basically saying, okay, we're going to pull our hands off Trump, right? We no longer want to be associated with the person who has incited armed insurrection against our government and who has tried to overthrow our free democracy. One could argue that that's unreasonable, but okay, I personally don't think that's unreasonable. Um, but that's my personal opinion and someone should look into that, like if that's allowed under US law. Uh, and if there should be limits, um, I mean, I guess, um, but I can, I don't know. I guess it sucks for him, but it's not like it's someone, <laughs> it's, it's not like, you know, I, I, I see laws very much as a means also to protect the weak, you hmm. know, and, and, and people who cannot fend for themselves. And I don't, you know, Donald Trump doesn't strike me as being in that category of people. So I, I, I have a very difficult time feeling sorry for him. <laughs> <laughs> so and and I don't think that this whole outrage saying okay if they're if they're doing it to the person who has tried to overthrow our free democracy they're going to do it to you next uh, really holds true. Yeah. I don't think that's true. It's just you're going to have to show me that this is the case and then I'll be properly outraged. But, you know, so I don't know. Yeah, and I guess I like your point about uh, laws are there to protect the weaker amongst us because the powerful can take care of themselves quite fine. Thank you very much. But for me, it's not a question of law. It's a question of principle. It's just where do we think the boundaries should be set? And it does still strike me that we should lean into the idea that the infrastructure of the internet should still be as free and as accessible as possible. Uh, yeah, listen, listen, listen. Nobody was out, no, uh, come on, come on, Bill. Huh. Nobody was outraged, right, when the US wanted to implement laws that favor large companies for, that would allow them to hog all the bandwidth, uh, right? Okay. Right, nobody was screaming bloody murder Right when 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 they had an opportunity to 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 vote out these these kinds of laws, right? Yeah. But now that something has happened to one of them, they're outraged, and we need like a free democratic access to an infrastructure. <laughs> sure. Right. Sure. But like when it comes to you know hogging all the bandwidth for Netflix to make them billions upon billions, um, severely damaging the capacity of free enterprise of small startups who are not VC funded, then everything is okay. But you know, if it hurts one of the elite, oh gosh, right? Then we should all be really extremely worried about what it's going to do to our democracy. Yeah. So I, I, I find that argument very unconvincing. Nobody cares about these things. It's all about money, influence, and power. It's, it's, just, the, it's just, you know, they've convinced some gullible people who don't know what's going on on the internet to believe that this, that this is some sort of assault on their fundamental freedoms. And it clearly isn't. <laughs> like, it's just, okay, so he's really upset that he got his Twitter account shut down. All right, sure, let's look into it, right? You're talking about net neutrality, where yes, net neutrality, if, you've got, yes. if you've got a, if you can pay to get a router to get connected to the internet, your data packets should just get in line just like everybody else. There's no skipping the queue. There's no paying extra money to skip the queue, which is this law, at least in the United States, was gotten rid of by the Trump administration. Yes, and nobody cared because that's, that's real right. democratic access, right? And nobody cares because real. this favors the rich and the powerful. Like a Netflix. So now a Netflix can go to the internet 
service infrastructure companies and say, we will pay you extra money, but you have to put our packets first. And, right. and as you say, that bogs down, slows down, makes less effective smaller competitors. Who and that really matters. Buy. It really matters. That really, really matters. Because if you've but ever hey. gone to a website and you've had to wait 10 milliseconds longer, oh my God, mm. you start ripping your hair out. Whereas the right. big so we want, their thing. Right, so we want competitors to Twitter, right? Right. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> they might need bandwidth. I'm just saying. Not so much. Right? If so they I don't can know. pay so for I yeah accelerated so I think, access. I think the whole I think the whole outrage is vastly is vastly exaggerated. I think I think people are upset about the wrong things here. Right? If they really cared about democratic access, they would have cared about net neutrality. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think this is just you know all of a sudden sort of in the public eye, and people are outraged because it's Trump. Right? Yeah. But still, again, some people on the inside, you know. People from the tech world are also fundamentally outraged because for another reason, which I don't completely comprehend, is that they seem to think of Twitter as as, as if it were, I don't know, a, a, a water supply or something, hmm, right? Yeah. As a fundamental infrastructure of society, uh, which I think is sort of silly. Like it's not, nobody has fundamental right to one to everyone to tweet, right? So yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> so there's, you have to think of um, of speech. There's different. So when I think of freedom of expression and freedom of speech, there's different kinds of speech, right? So there is speech as we know it, as we used to know it, right? I, I talk to you. I have something to say to you. I, I I I address perhaps a crowd of people if I'm very very fortunate, but you know, there's different levels. There's one on one, right? Mm -hmm. Me expressing myself. There's me expressing myself to a to a sort of a, a smaller group of people, right? One to many. And then there's one to everyone, right? One to the entire world, to everyone who has a device connected to the internet. Now, I think that you can have a very fundamental freedom without having one to everyone communication available, hmm. right? I mean, it doesn't prevent you from having an opinion, expressing it to as many people as you'd like, um, publishing your opinion in a magazine or a newspaper, recording it on a podcast. I mean, Twitter isn't like oxygen, right? It's not something that, w it's, it's, it's not drinking water. It's not something we absolutely beyond all costs have to protect for each individual citizen or something. I don't, I, I just, I, I have a hard time seeing it that way. Right, right. And I think that's to a large part, to a large extent, that's like the, sh the the tech company spiel, right? No, 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 no. We're fundamental infrastructure. You shouldn't mess with us, right? We're we're an essential part to, to the functioning of you of your democracy. I don't even understand why we have to pay taxes. Right? It's, <laughs> gosh, <laughs> but don't you, you like see, freedom of speech? But you see, the classic model there is a utility. If it is determined that a company is a right. fundamental, necessary part of society then we heavily regulate those companies and exactly. guarantee certain price, accessibility, and quality standards. So if, You can't have your cake and eat it too, right? Yes. You know, it's, it, it's not possible. You cannot claim to be a utility without being regulated. Right. Right? So, so, it's, so, it's, so it's, you know, you're going to have to choose at some point. Yes. Either you're, and, and, and if you're a utility, Right, and you're going to be regulated, right? And don't come back at me and say you're not a publisher and, and your content is beyond, you know, scrutiny somehow magically, right. right? So, so all of this is very—it's a very 
ad hoc kind of argument. It's it's not very thought through, I think. And I think all of this outrage stems from, but again, I think this is very US centric from this, 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 this inability to accept any infringement upon what you consider to be your freedom and liberty, right? Anything that makes it impossible or more difficult for you to do anything is basically an infringement on your fundamental freedoms somehow. And I have a very hard time understanding that as a European. Yeah, but that's a bit of a caricature because uh, not one single human being uh, thinks that everybody should be free to do whatever they want. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. Yeah, it's very, it's very philosophical. Yeah, it's, it's, it's. Nobody it's, believes yeah. that. It, yeah, it's a caricature. And, and, you know, and again, we just have to be clear. This is a lot of false outrage uh, from people in the right wing who claim they are being suppressed after they supported an insurrection against the United States. So, you know, I'm fine with some sort of rule about free speech being, hey, if you uh, incite violence against the government, we can clamp down a little harder. Uh, you know, we, we clamp well, down on all kinds of things like pornography and things like that. Maybe this falls, you know, maybe overthrowing the government falls into that camp. <laughs> and, right, and as right, we've mentioned, right. corporations can choose to do business. There's a general principle that corporations can choose to do business with whomever they want. Uh, that used to be a conservative principle, uh, but I guess another mm. one that they've thrown out the door, uh, along with so many in the Trump era. By the way, you've probably seen this tweet. Again, this is U.S. specific, but you know uh, we had a Supreme Court ruling here that um, a bakery uh, does not have to make a cake for a gay wedding. That is not discrimination, right? Um, it's upholding their religious liberty if they choose not to bake a cake for a gay wedding. So the, uh, the idea here, the analogy is, imagine Trump is a cake for a gay wedding and Twitter is a bakery. <laughs> they can choose who not oh. to associate with. <laughs> but I mean, what's next? What's next? Cakes for dog weddings? Uh, maybe. I mean, but if I religiously a, uh, object to it, I don't have to bake that cake. Uh, Oh, it's a slippery slope, Bill. See, very, there it goes for you. Very dangerous. Dogs are but I did, married, demanding again, cakes. I, the one that, got, that gave me an itch was when Amazon Web Service, which arguably is more utility-like, right, than Twitter. Because, again, it goes somewhere else. But if the companies that do that kind of fundamental hosting of a service start knocking people off, um, well, Parler was, but yeah, really, I mean, Parler's <laughs> going to find somebody who's willing to set up some servers. It, I mean, let's be clear. Somewhere in the world. It was just hot shite, right? There was nothing on there which was worth hosting. <laughs> it was unbelievably, it was unbelievably bad. But it's not up bad. to you to judge the content. No, but I mean, it's completely understandable that they say, I don't want, no, I don't I, want this kind of content. I, right? I totally agree. All, all the platforms do it all the time. All the websites do it all the time. Everybody does it all the time. And then if, if, you know, if, you cannot, if, if you cannot make some kind of um, assurances that you will take measures to prevent certain types of content, then it will just take you down. But of course, the thing is that Parler was running on this content. Yeah. Right? That was the, that was the thing. So the incentives here, it's not like it was a... It, it's not like, listen, it's not like Parler was a social network, like all the other social networks, 
which was doing just fine, right? And had like a minor hate speech problem. <laughs> That's not what Parler is like, right? Okay, Parler is a giant bit of hate speech. Yeah. The last time I checked. Uh, and before that hate speech, hate speech, it was a giant pit of pornography. So I can sort of understand that, that AWS goes, okay, we don't want to host this. Yeah. And again, they have competition. There's other hosting providers, yeah. even okay. in other countries. Yep. Even in other countries, you can host shit in other countries. There's an entire planet with It's like with a global providers. network. Right? Um, Just not in <laughs> China. So it's you know it's very it's very yeah I'm not gonna cry a river over over this sorry no. but I think it's also you know but I think um to get back to what we were saying before I think there is a difference in the way so I as a European see this mm -hmm. and, and and like sort of the um, uh, you perhaps as an American right you do I do have the feeling that um, Americans in general um, value freedom of speech more. Or at least that you would that you tolerate hate hate speech more than Europe does, for example. Mm. That 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 in the U.S. you tolerate speech, which, for example, might make others less equal. Yeah, right. That that's the kind of speech that you say uh, that should be protected. We should do nothing against speech that make others less equal. Whereas in Europe, for example, we don't feel that way. Hmm. We are perfectly fine with limiting speech. Right, if it goes against our democratic collective, and if we feel that it hurts our society. So, for example, there is even though the EU doesn't provide anti-hate speech laws, um, it quite openly says that all of the individual member states can 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 make anti-hate speech laws as they see fit. And traditionally, we are anti-hate. So, for example, in France. To one of the countries where I spend a lot of time, I've lived there for ten years. Um, so you're not allowed to publish anything that incites discrimination or violence uh, against anyone for belonging or not belonging to a certain group or to a certain religion or to a certain race, for example. So you're not allowed to say, "Let's beat up them dirty Jews," or you're not allowed to say. You know that people of a certain race are 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 lesser than you, mm. or are less worthy than you. You're not allowed to say those things. Well, you're allowed to say them, but you're not allowed. You are free to say them, but you are not free from the consequences of saying them. <laughs> so there are civil laws, and and you, you know you can you can yeah you can you can be persecuted for 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 slander, for for hate speech, for inciting uh, racism, discrimination, violence, all of these things. And we don't feel that this limits our, our freedom of expression. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're right. Our default is anything goes. Uh, and when you go into court, if you start making some First Amendment arguments, we'd call them freedom of speech in the First Amendment, uh, you've got something pretty powerful at your back in our legal right. system, right? Um, now, I do think, you know, this is where I don't know hate speech I believe there are laws where it can be an aggravating factor, right? So like if hate speech can be introduced as proving a person's motivation or something like that, right? And it can aggravate the underlying crime. But the hate speech itself cannot, generally speaking, be the crime. Um, now, we still limit incitement 
Like you cannot stand up and say, grab your guns. We're going to go kill those people standing right there. Go kill those people. Right. 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 That's a call to violence and that's not protected. Um, another famous example is uh, you cannot yell fire in a crowded theater. That's just because that'll get fascism. people killed. Fascism. <laughs> <laughs> what if I really like fire? Come on. <laughs> well, what if I really like people getting trampled? But this is. Uh, but for example, in Europe, like I, I, I don't think there's any place in Europe where you're allowed to deny the Holocaust. So that's very controversial over here in free speech circles. Well, How we had to bury all of those Jews. that that claims right. to celebrate freedom, as Europe and the West do generally, allow such a thing. But yes, that's true, right? You're not allowed well, to deny. Well, it. we live, you know, we live amongst the mass graves, so we feel sort of, you know, uh, sensitive yeah. about it, <laughs> about people going. There's no one in those graves. <laughs> you go, well, <laughs> we put them there. It was a lot of work. Yeah. Right. So you know what I mean? Like it's sort of a like that. Like we go, no, that's not cool. You shouldn't, because, because of course, historically, this is part of um, a kind of rhetoric, right? So mm -hmm. denying the Holocaust isn't about denying the Holocaust, right? Because you could argue, okay, denying the Holocaust is nonsensical. The Holocaust happened. There's mass graves. There's death camps that you can visit, right? There's, there's, there's footage, right? You can, <laughs> right. You can watch what happened. Um, but of course, the problem is untruth, yeah. right? So the problem that, that, that you face when you face fascism is that you face untruths. Hmm. So the classical, so you might find this triggering, Bill, because you know, it's, 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 it's probably going to hit close to home a little bit. But what you typically see in, in the emergence of a fascist regime, right, is that the potential fascist leader, the aspiring fascist leader, starts to questioning all sources of truth. <laughs> right, so media, for example, media, media is a source of untruth exclusively. They, they lie, right? The media lies, um, and because the media lies, you shouldn't listen to them, right? And scientists lie. Everyone lies, right? It's the world is full of lies and 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 and, and misdirection. And but then who does the follower turn to? But to the leader, right? right? Because he is the only one who tells the truth. There you go. So much so that he can contradict himself. Right, because each utterance <laughs> is a truth unto its unto its own. Like it doesn't it doesn't have to be internally uh, coherent or consistent or anything. He can just whatever comes out of his mouth at a certain point of time is the truth, right? And yeah. whatever he said before that, even if it was contradictory, was the truth at that time, right? So there is no questioning whatever the leader says. And so historically, denying the Holocaust, right, is one of the untruths hmm. that the neo Nazis, for example. Uh, heavily rely on, right? The, the Second World War was a lie, it didn't happen, uh, all of these things were made up, you know, the, the, the Jews were really the source of all evil, they're trying to rule the world, you know, and the Holocaust never happened. So one of the ways in which you stop these untruths is by stopping the denial of the Holocaust. Hmm. And also, it, it's sort of an easy thing to outlaw because nobody really likes people who Denied Holocaust, <laughs> yeah, right? So it's not like right. it's not like these are usually yeah. not very cool people. It's, yeah. not, it's not like you invite them for dinner and then they go, oh, "The Holocaust never happened." Yeah, oh, come on, dude. No, these are I think these I'll are shake generally my head and yeah, quite yeah. peculiar people. They're unlikable. They have they have agendas. So yeah. it's quite you know it's quite. But we don't feel that this since we don't have the urge to deny the Holocaust on a daily basis, we don't feel that this interferes with our freedom of speech. Yeah, but. 
but again, you know, so this, 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 we have sort of a long tradition of trying to protect the the democratic collective, and I think the one of the fundamental differences there is that. So I think France is a good example. I keep coming back to France because I like their perception of um, the republic, mm. and I think it's you know it's quite close to your initial uh, to the U.S.'s initial perception of the republic, but the two have grown apart over time. So. I think that at least that's the way I, I feel now is that the US is um, a bunch of different peoples, a, a bunch of different communities, if you will, who all happen to live in the same country, which is the United States of America, right? But they have their tribal identity first, yeah. right? And then they all, they're all American, right? But they're also, like they're first, they're Jewish, and they're American. They're they're Dutch. They're American. Yeah. They're I don't know Italian, whatever, right? Puerto Rican. I don't know. I don't know how <laughs> what sure. you're supposed keep, to call anyone. Keep these going. Days. <laughs> um, There's plenty but, more than that. Then, but in France, for example, you're French first. Oh, you're interesting. French. I got it. Okay. okay. Right, you are French, and you you belong to the French Republic. You're you're a citizen of the French Republic. Yeah. Right. So. And that citizenship comes with uh, responsibilities, right? It's, yeah. It's, it's not something which is freely given. It comes with a set of responsibilities and it comes with a set of rights. Hmm. Hmm. Right? Hmm. But, but you, cannot, you cannot say it doesn't apply to me because I am whatever community I belong to because that community often doesn't matter. For example, France is a completely secular state, right? It is a completely secular uh, republic. So expressions of religion are not allowed mm -hmm. in government, right? Uh, meaning that one cannot be Christian or Muslim, right? Publicly in government because your 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 religion is an inherently private affair because the state is secular, mm -hmm. right? And the, and the values of the state are secular, and they are more important than the values of your religion, because you are a citizen first. Hmm. All right, and so this explains many things that are weird to outside observers. So for example, the, so, so the French Republic, right? Uh, so freedom, equality, brotherhood, right? These are the three pillars of the, of the French Republic. These values are more important than whatever religious values you as a citizen might have in your private life. So you might be Christian and you might say, well, I find those values quite, quite understandable, quite relatable, right? Brotherhood, that's a good value, all right? But you might believe in Zeus. <laughs> and if you're a follower of Zeus, you might say, brotherhood, I don't believe in brotherhood, but you're a citizen first. You know, you leave Zeus at the door. Zeus is your private affair, hmm. right? So you cannot impose Zeus's values upon other people because all, the, all those other people are French and they're French citizens and they adhere to the values of the Republic. And so that also means that, for example, recently Macron, so the French president, got into some hot water because he had a very strong reaction to the beheading of a teacher um, not so long ago who was beheaded by someone, uh, unbelievably so, I mean, in, in a terrible act of cruelty. The, the, this poor man was beheaded because he had shown, what had he shown again? Uh, a drawing of Muhammad, I think? Or, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Some and sort of, of this, image of Muhammad, and of course that's, that's 
not permitted for Muslims. Right. Yeah, that's that's not permitted. And so this other gentleman felt he was obliged to behead him. Yeah. Um, and so, so Macron took a very strong stance. He said, these things are unacceptable in our republic. And he started to crack down on um, fundamentalists. And one of the things that he did was that he started to shut down Muslim associations. It's a sort of or organizations where religious faith is preached um, in sort of a mentor-student kind of setting, right? And um, these have been, for a very long time, uh, been considered to be havens uh, for more radical forms of thought, mm -hmm. right? Whether or not that is justified, I'm not... I'm not entirely sure because I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, variants. There's not all of these types of groups are bad. Not all of them are good. I'm sh I, I have no idea. I, I haven't looked into the matter. But he, he did an interview for television, uh, for a news channel, I think, in which he said, well, listen, w we are going to do this. And it's not, you know, we're, we're not doing it because we're against Islam. We're not doing it because we're against, you know, religion. We're doing it because we're French. We're doing it because we cannot tolerate an organization which tells a, a young girl that she is not that that she is not equal to her brother just because he is a man, because mm. they're both French citizens. They're they're equal. They have the same rights. They have the same you know. They and we cannot tolerate organizations that do not that do not agree with these uh, with these republican values. And if they you know, if, if that's upsetting to people, if people do want to preach these values, then they can go do it somewhere else. But not in France. We don't care, right? We're, mm. you know, we defend the values of the Republic. So if you look at that from the outside without seeing the whole context of it, and then you think, well, that's incredibly racist, right? Or you think it's inc incredibly anti-Islam or something. Right. Where, whereas I don't feel that it is, right? I feel that it is a defense of Republican values. Hmm. Um, and that it has nothing to do with uh, where what religion one happens to belong to, or what you know, it's just certain things deserve to be protected. And so that's a that's a European way of looking at it, which I think is much more restrictive than the U.S. way of looking at it, where where one would argue probably more more likely say, okay, but but my freedom, right? I should be able to do whatever I want, right? Um, and how can you how can you say that a certain value is more important than my religious value, right? How who are you to tell me this? Um, so I think there's there there's there's really a different philosophical approach sort of between Europe, between much of Europe and the U.S. when it comes to these freedoms. Well, certainly that was tripping off all kinds of alarm bells for me <laughs> as you were describing it. <laughs> yeah, no, but little bells but were going I, off yeah. in the back of yeah, my yeah. head. Going, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Isn't that? But they're freedoms. Yeah, right. Yeah, but that's right. That's and and, and for example, in the because Netherlands, you're not allowed to insult the king. Clear-cut statement of values in that sense, right? Huh. Interesting. Uh, we we don't have, which is arguable, right? You could look to the Declaration of Independence, you could look to the Constitution, you can look to some of these founding documents. But to say that we even have like a summary three kind of thing, three word, this is what defines America. Uh, I mean, certainly if there was a consensus, it's completely broken down. And 
I think if you were to ask people what that consensus is, I think you'd get so many different answers that it would prove that there is no consensus. Uh, hmm. So we really do lean hard into my, uh, yeah, my affairs and my group's affairs are preeminent over any mm. kind of national stated set of values. Um, now, just regarding one thing, a secular republic. So, you know, look, I, I'm an atheist. I am a secularist. Uh, I'm I shocked. don't go to church. I don't subscribe to any religion. But actually, I have, a lot, I, I have no beef with people bringing values into the public space that have a religious root. Because, look, there's all kinds of justifications you can bring for your values. But the difference with a secular nation, which I believe the United States thoroughly should be, is that when we make laws, we have to come to an agreement on what values will be expressed in those laws. And the origin of the values doesn't much matter to me. It can come out right. of Christianity. It can come out of Islam, Judaism. It can come out of anywhere, right? But it's how do we enshrine those values in law? Right, and right. that's where the religion fades away, because we all have to live together. Yeah, um, I agree. And I think, for example, that's a good example, because I think that's, that's one of the things, for example, where I don't agree with, uh, with the French approach. Hmm. So one of the things I, I, I find here is I live in Singapore, you know, where they're, uh, obviously we're not going to discuss freedom of expression. Uh, I, I can't even hear what you're saying. I, concerning Singapore, is this mic on? <laughs> <laughs> because we have it and it's the best. Um, but for example, we do have a lot of laws here um, surrounding religious and racial harmony. Yes. And so people are supposed to live and work together harmoniously, no matter what race they're, they belong to or what their religion is, period, right? And this <laughs> harmony is, is enforced quite effectively so. And so, but this has a nice side effect. It means that, you know, you're around people who have very strong expressions of the individual religion. Yeah. Um, even though they might hold, they might hold a government office. Yeah. So, for example, there's um, the current president, right, of uh, Singapore um, wears a headscarf. Mm -hmm. Right? It's something that's com which is completely unimaginable in France. Oh, interesting. It, it is forbidden. Right, it is forbidden. You're not allowed to to have these kinds of religious garb oh. uh, if you're if you're a government official. It's just it cannot be done because the state is secular, right? So you're not oh, you're not wow. allowed to do these things. Huh. So I think that goes too far. I that is something. This is something which I me, yeah. which I think is um, as long as you leave the the values. At, no, you don't even have to leave the values at the door as long as you um, make sure that there is proper separation between church and state, right? I don't see any problem with those kinds of individual expression. And to be quite frank, I find them enriching, right? Yeah. I, find, I find it very interesting to see people's individual expression around me. I don't need them to hide it for me. Right, it's not. It's not something. So that's not something which I which I agree with. And I think that particularly within the, within the context of France, they often take it much too far. So there was this whole debate about the burkini, right? Oh, which is uh, I basically recall this. <laughs> which is which is a, you know like bathing garment which covers your entire body for women, 
you know, who wish to cover their entire body as they swim, right? It looks it a bit like a wetsuit, right? Yeah, it's just a little bit like a wetsuit. And there was, people were outraged that people were, of course, we're talking about the south of France, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, it's, you know, it's all very, it's all very, these are very small problems <laughs> in the big scheme of things. But people were outraged <laughs> that women were wearing these bathing suits to the beach, right? In the Mediterranean, how dare they? Uh, impose their religious values on us with their bathing suits. Um, and then, you know, someone this passed a, a law. Thing? A local law was passed saying that women could not wear these things oh, uh, come on. on these beaches and that they should show us their, their, their <laughs> bodies, which I found outrageous. I found it, I found it discriminatory. I found it, uh, you know, because it was clearly, uh, clearly inspired by their religious background, r right? It was around the time of the, of the terrorist attacks and that kind of stuff. So it was yeah. clearly, that was, to me, that was clearly anti-religion and just, you know, come on, that's not the spirit of the law, right? You should, you should, you, there's brotherhood. It's right there in the sentence, people. Come Whoa. on, <laughs> equality, brotherhood, right? So make an effort, like don't be a dick. Right, it's yes. not. So I felt very, I felt very, very, very sad for these for these poor women that were being discriminated against, yeah, and quite frankly harassed at beaches. And it, I felt it was an outrage, and I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a great shame that they had allowed to, um, for it to get that far. Um, so s some people do, you know, sometimes it does get out of hand. I do yeah. feel. Well, and right, so we've got to remember that. France and especially Paris have just, for whatever reason, been the primary target of some unbelievably savage, religiously motivated attacks uh, mm -hmm. again and again and again. So feelings in all of France, I would guess, are pretty raw. Um, and then it unfortunately goes too far with something like this uh, yeah for uh, sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah for sure um mm. you know and just speaking of raw emotions i mean so having lived in singapore as i did and watching their approach to religious diversity and religious tolerance yeah it's nothing that we would accept in the west ever because it's pretty strictly enforced in law uh, but again it comes out of a raw space so singapore they call it communalism which is a catch-all term for ethnicity mm. or religion or whatever you want to call it. And um, they had riots. You know, they had communal riots uh, right at the birth of the nation. It was part of the reasoning for why Malaysia kicked them out and they had to become an independent nation. So in their history, they're like, enough of this shit. This, this caused a whole lot of trouble and we're just going to keep it contained. But we're not going to contain it by suppressing all of it. We're going to contain it by saying, you will express yourselves, uh, but we will keep you from doing hate speech, right? We are absolutely going to squelch that. Um, so I thought there was, frankly, quite a bit to admire. Uh, it graded against a Western free speech sensibility, uh, but there was quite a bit to admire in the way they, they approach it. Um, by expression is as free as possible, but the moment that you tip it over into attacking a different group, we are coming down on that like a ton of bricks. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And these, these yeah, are not more, easy questions, right? Because they do, no, you know, not, going back to not. our free speech yeah. things, these things tear 
at the fabric of a nation, right? They can right. they can destroy right. a nation if if they go too far. Um, well, I think I I think the takeaway here is to not organize an armed insurrection. I think that's really <laughs> if you want to keep your let's Twitter really baseline account, this. <laughs> just don't do don't do that, and you'll be fine. I think. <laughs> so I'm gonna try to not do that. Right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep that up. So, so far, so good. But you know, expanding upon what you were saying about fascism, uh, and and the supreme leader is the only fount of truth. You might or might not be aware of this. But the attack on the Capitol was not by Trump supporters. Yeah, I know. Of course, it's Antifa. It was only Antifa. (laughs) And I have already had people come at me with this online. And and this is really this is this is serious. This is actually really, really taking root. That those weren't Trump supporters. The whole thing is being concocted. You know why? Because Trump said that they weren't Trump supporters. He said, no, no real supporter of mine would do that. Right. Which could lead you mm-hmm. down two paths. Either he's no, I get it. throwing but, those you know. people under the bus, right? Distancing himself from the violence. But I think the way it gets read by many of his most passionate supporters is, oh, he's signaling it actually was Antifa. Yeah, this is just, you know, 4D chess. Because we cannot let go of the God King. He is the fount of all truth, so we have to sift through, because, you know, he's being oppressed, we have to sift through and keep our worldview stitched together. If there's no more truth in the world... There isn't. Right? You have to protect your only source of truth. Right. So we're we're going down a dark space. I, I have already had people come back at me online, which, of course, is not the best space, but the... That 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 absolutely was not Trump supporters. People cannot believe what they saw with their own eyes. People cannot believe what they are hearing with their own ears because we have a gobs of tape from these people coming out and saying, "Yeah, Trump sent us, and we support President Trump, and he told us to come, and so yeah, we well, listen." That's what Antifa would say. That's what Antifa would say. All of it is a setup. All of it is a setup. And think and, and, just how far you have to go. And the prosecutors, these are all fake prosecutions because, you know, they're all in it together. Untruth. Yeah, but these are, you know, these are people who also believe that COVID-19 is a global conspiracy yeah. uh, in order to make us wear pieces of cloth in front of our faces. So, yes. you know, it's... But untruth. Untruth is a very, very dangerous thing. And it's that's very not dangerous going away. Thing. Because untruth leads to dehumanization. And dehumanization leads to all the things that we as human beings are so good at. <laughs> right? And so it's very, you know, just 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 wait for 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 them to find someone, right? Now it's lip darts, right? It's Democrats. But yeah. you know, at some point it might become a more identifiable group somewhere, right? Yeah. This is this is this is how hatred is born. This is how violence is born. It's uh, it's a very sad, very sad time. And the mm. bulk of the Republican Party is not running away from this. They're embracing mm. it. That's great. Well, and this sort look, of man, st- this is this is friends for me. This is friends. This is family. Um, that that I am positive self-identify as Republicans. Probably voted for Trump a second time. 
Um, so look, so when I picture who a Republican is that says Trump had no role in this, all of the polling, all of the polling that's coming out shows that the vast majority of Republicans think that Trump has little to no blame for anything that happened. Uh, all of this is being overblown, all of that. I see family and friends. Hmm. I have to picture family and friends. And I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you know, there's people who vote for Trump and who support Trump, and then there's people who think that Antifa stormed the Capitol. These are not necessarily the same people. I'm right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, you know what? I do have one soundbite right. that relates to this stuff that, that, that I, I just have to say because it does capture a lot of where I'm coming from and many people are coming from. So. You know, um, this supposedly pro-police, this is another example of truth flipping, is, you know, these people were carrying those Blue Lives Matter flags, which are pro-police flags. They they, oh. they really popped up. Yeah, 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 they're there. And of course, they were dragging Capitol Police officers and beating them with, with the American flag. Obviously. You know, on flagpoles, right? So it makes pure sense. These, these people are really pro-cop. Anyway, so here is a cop, one of the ones that got pulled into the crowd, uh, earlier in this soundbite, he was describing how people were surrounding him. They were saying, grab his gun, grab his gun. He was really worried he was going to get his own weapon drawn on him. They were shoving him around. It was a very dangerous moment. He wasn't sure exactly how he was going to get out of this. But um, some of the other Trump supporters, apparently what he did is he called out and he said, look, I've got kids. And that was enough to cause some of the other Trump supporters to kind of surround him. And I think that's that's basically where uh, it comes into this clip. And I, I just remember yelling out that I have kids. And uh, it seemed to work. Um, some people in the crowd started to encircle me and try to offer me some level of protection. Um, and they gave, you know, that provided me with like enough time or, or other officers, uh, specifically my partner, Jimmy Albright, enough time to get to me and get me the hell out of there uh, and back into the west front of the Capitol. Um, a lot of people have asked me, you know, my thoughts on uh, the individuals in the crowd that, um, you know, that helped me uh, or, or tried to offer some assistance. Uh, and I, I think kind of the conclusion I've come to is like, you know, thank you, but f you for being there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. That's a, that's a good way to wrap this up man isn't it really yeah <laughs> really thanks for your help during uh, this uh attack on our capital but fuck you for even being there <laughs> ain't that the truth ain't yeah. that the truth well you know i'm gonna play some good news music and i don't even know if we have any good news but uh, there is none sir we're gonna have to we're gonna have to uh stop this section our, i guess make or, up or, our own good news or just you know give this music a different name yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have to we'll have to figure something out. Hey, Nikolai, you take care. Hey, uh, just one sorry, one quick programming note. Yeah, we are going to every other week in 2021. Oh, yeah, nice. so we'll we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Um, More time to come up with uh, you know random opinions. It's good. Oh, it's the best. Oh. <laughs> All right. Hey, see you, man. Take care. Talk soon.